I've gone. Bro, I don't even have TikTok, all right? I don't even have it. I think that it's the scum of the earth. I hate the app. But every now and then, it pops up on my Reddit feed, and it's always the dumbest fucking cookie recipes that you could possibly imagine, Vanilla Bear. Yeah? Anything yeah. I'd like? Okay. the one. Whenever we got on right now, the only thing that Vanilla Bear saw was my horrified face. <laughs> you, yeah, you were, you were woman, in a, a tough spot there as i saw a woman <laughs> check this out so the first thing she did was she used a glass cup to cut a hole in the middle of bread slices then she takes a baking pan puts down full bread slices six of them full bread slices on the baking pan ham a single slice of ham another full piece of bread another slice of ham right wait hold on Hold on, wait. The the bread on the pan has a hole in it, right? No, 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 no. Flat, no, whole slice ham. Okay, all right. Another whole slice ham. Then on top of the second piece of ham is the okay. bread that has the hole in it. Okay. Right? Following? Yeah. yeah. Then she cracks an egg into that hole. Right? Sure. And before this, she used milk, some fucking sour cream, and a buttload of fucking shredded cheddar cheese and melted it into, like, the consistency of mac and cheese, cheese, but without the, like, macaroni. So it's just, like, a sloppy fucking greasy cheese dip. So I thought you were leading into, like, a healthy person creating something ridiculous this is just absurd <laughs> and then she takes that this is cheese. like cheesy blaster level of and, 30 rock then, dude dude <laughs> then she takes that cheese oh god and she pours it into the pan so it surrounds all of the slices of bread that's there what a waste of cheese and then boom in the oven for 20 minutes What? So what? What does she do with all that cheese? It. I'm so upset for that. And it cheese. becomes hard, dude. Like, it's one of those food foodie quote unquote fucking foodie videos where it doesn't even show the people making it eat the food. That's because no one would eat that. That's because it's terrible. Yeah, that's... it's <laughs> fucking burned to a crisp cheese sauce fucking sure like, let's do that toast that is far too toasty for anybody with a sane mind and completely cooked through whole eggs huh, huh. and then there's a moment where i she, guess and then there's a moment god damn it dude i hate these people so much then there's a moment where she's cracking the eggs and she goes, oh, look at that. No eggshells. It's like, yeah, dude, that's what you fucking crack an egg. Like, don't you, like, you can't be proud of yourself for not having eggshells in there because that's how a normal person is able to crack a fucking egg, you dumb bitch. Normally. I mean, I do it sometimes, but like, whatever. Take it back out. <laughs> I'm so yeah, people need to find things. It's, it's frustrating because here's the deal. Full disclosure. For Mundo, uh, 
chocolate bear over here. I open up the restaurant most day, like almost every day that I work. Unless I'm yeah. on a catering, I open the restaurant. The best day, part of my day, no matter what, is right after I finish up sweet, uh, uh, sweeping and mopping the restaurant, which is about 10, 15. And I allow myself a five to 10 minute just standstill where I just stand back there and I eat my breakfast sandwich that I make every day from home. It's just a simple folded one egg, like small omelet folded into a square on an English muffin with a super crispy hash brown. And if I'm really feeling froggy, I'll throw in some bacon or sausage in it. Not always, but I also have this really spicy cheese that I love, and that's what I use. And that's my fucking breakfast every morning. And I fucking yeah. love it. And that's all a sandwich needs to be, people. <laughs> that's all a breakfast sandwich needs to be. Just ask John Moxley. He'll tell you what a sandwich has to be. Oh, for sure. Speaking <laughs> in case of wrestling, you're wondering. Speaking of wrestling, uh, Money in the Bank was yesterday for the WWE, and they yep. had a press conference after the show where Triple H is out there, and guess who he starts asking for? I have no idea, man. Trent Crib. <laughs> he starts asking if Trent and Crib with the independence there. Hey everybody, it's the Forest Film Club talking nonsense, talking the most random shit you could Stop. possibly know and being so happy that Ted Lasso's in the zeitgeist of WWE right now. Over Yo, there he needs to show Bear. up to an event now. Come on. Come on, dude, you have to. He should be like, he, he, he should get interviewed while a match is happening. I can have... Absolutely see that happening. And I'm like him saying something like he said about Roy at the beginning of his career about one of the wrestlers, maybe or something like that. Dude, and, and then a wrestler puts off. him through a table or something. Yeah. <laughs> I can see them getting pissed off at him. Yeah. Like back in the day, back in the day, whenever they had uh Stern on the show, they were trying to get Stern on to WWE, but they wouldn't do it because I got a steeze. <laughs> You're good. And then it went away. And now it's and back. And it went away. <laughs> well, while Chocolate Bear is having a struggle over there, the topic today is very exciting. We're back to our A24. We're giving you the goods. And boy, howdy, was this week the goods. I it's, haven't talked to Sea Bear about hasn't this happened. yet. It's, I'm still struggling over here. <laughs> it keeps on coming and then going away. What yeah, the fuck? I don't know. I don't know how sneezes work scientifically, to be honest. Does anybody? If I, I, I just that's live what, them. If, if I was on a night, if I was a King Arthur night on a journey, I think my journey would be to find the origin of sneezing. Well, you know about the disease, right? <laughs> the disease. I don't know the, the scientific term, but it, there's an actual disease called a chew. Did you know this? Get the fuck out. No, there. Yeah. Right. And Steve would for years, Steve, because anytime Steve went in the sun, he would sneeze. And I'm like, you're being dumb. So I asked my sister, who you know is a physician's assistant, and she goes, Oh no, yeah, that's a real thing. I'm like, stop. <laughs> so people just sneeze because they walk in this. Okay. Sure. Dude, <laughs> I think I might have that. You might. Are you fucking for real right now? Yeah, my sister told me. 
Did I just uncover a truth in your life? Maybe. <laughs> That's insane. Well, he does that and he verifies my information. I'm going to tell you, we like five-star reviews. We like you telling people to listen to our show and telling us what you want to hear. Please do that. We're on anywhere that your major podcasts are going to be listed. And we love to hear your feedback. Bro, it's a 100%. She is speaking straight facts. Yeah, I know. I trust my sister to tell me the truth. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. So, Vanilla Bear, it's been a while since we've done one of these. Uh, just as such, it's been a while to, to ask you, what have you been up to recently, uh, entertainment-wise? We know that we've been following your journey through fa- uh, Final Fantasy. Uh, how's that going? Oh, dude, it's awesome. Uh, it's My main thing uh, before I get too deep into all of it is the story quests are fantastic, but there's too many many of them they pick too many characters to have really long stories about that's my only main complaint otherwise the stories themselves amazing so worth it they kind of hit you at the end here with a lot of extra side quests which is a little much like if they can maybe like got some of the smaller stories out of the way earlier sure and streamlined them a little more i think i would have been happier but otherwise there's like no complaints there's every main character has had a major moment um my favorite fight isn't even a main boss fight it was a mini boss and it was just incredible like the game is so good the mini boss is my favorite fight so far and uh so how and how many like characters would you say have these long kind of quests then if there's too many of them Maybe close to 10. Damn, that is a lot. There are five or six that I think definitely should have had them. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Like, there are those characters, like, even uh, the one's a daughter of a different character, and that's a really interesting arc to go on. I haven't finished hers. I'm kind of waiting on hers because hers has kind of been teased a lot to be super emotional. Um, But there's even a big, long quest for the dog to find the origin of how the dog became what it is. Yeah, yeah. Which is fun. Um, it's more like the leaders of these little towns that get these full stories. And I'm like, you didn't need to do that. Like, it, it basically in three parts. It could have been done in two, yeah. um, is what I'm saying. Uh, other than that, uh, just seeing movies. I let you called you after I saw Boogeyman. Uh, not my highest recommendation. Fair Wouldn't enough. Probably go out of my way. Uh, what was the other word? I saw Past Lives. Yeah, and which we've we talked both about. saw the new Indiana Jones flick. Which I think I actually enjoyed more than you. Yeah, sounds Not like. Not by much, but yeah, just like the tiniest it. bit. I actually yeah. didn't mind Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I told you that she's good yeah. at it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't mind her. Yeah, whenever like, you thought... told me that, that people were saying that she's terrible in the movie, I literally didn't see that. I thought. There was I one that... line I didn't like, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, mainly because the word the dialogue isn't great and it was during the chase scene when they're in those like those little like tricycle like cars 
Oh, is it whenever he's like, your father would be disappointed if you saw what you became. And she's oh, yeah. like, what, beautiful self-sustaining? And I'm like, yeah. okay, dude, whatever, who cares? <laughs> well, it was that, well, it wasn't just the dialogue. It was the fact that, like, they put so much audio, you couldn't even hear her. Dude, and then, um, dude. It was rough. So, so my local theater, which I love, by the way, it's the cheapest theater experience ever. But they insist on putting all their new movies in theater number two. And theater number two has like major audio fucking issues. Oh, yeah. Can't do like that. Like the speakers in that theater are constantly bursting. Yeah, I got to fix those. Yeah, <laughs> you so, can't do that, especially for a movie like that. That's not. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why they insist on. I don't know why they insist on putting the new movies. None of the other movie theaters in that building have that problem. Just that one. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it was fine. It yeah. wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, just a movie. <laughs> Indy deserves better. Indy deserves better. Uh, I've well, been reading took, Bond. What? I've been reading Spawn. I don't know what that is. You know, well, Spawn is like the embodiment of the 90s in, in a comic book. Like, Spawn oh. is drawn and looks like, and this is a quote from, from maybe Dungeons and Daddies, but Spawn looks like how being 13 feels. Okay. that's <laughs> like, fun yeah yeah like it's so spiky and dark and chains are everywhere <laughs> it's violent it's a good time spawns a really good time uh i don't i they they started releasing these super cheap uh collections of it's like they're six issues at a time but but they're classic spawn uh, and spawns the comic that was first released in uh, 1992 okay and i i love reading comics from i just love reading older comics sometimes just to see like you know a, a piece of art is a reflection on when the time it, it was created yeah no for sure especially right? stuff like that yeah so so it's really interesting reading something that is at this point you know 30 years old and seeing how like it kind of holds up um it's really fun i fuck I'm, I'm slowly but surely becoming a, a spawn fan so nice. i'm having a good time with it i'm having a good time with it yeah definitely uh i am surprised that you like this so much patrick like what this green knight i have lots to say yeah yeah. I'm surprised. Well, watching it, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be Patrick's cup of tea. This has a lot of things in it that uh, that I, I I'm sure I don't know if Patrick's going to could vibe with this. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Oh yeah, There's a lot. I got lots of notes. <laughs> lots of notes. <laughs> yep, dude. You know what? I'm going to give you one for free here. They had two A24 characters in this movie implanted into a movie for no fucking reason <laughs> the and characters that just wandered in from a different movie dude two of them they had two 
<laughs> they didn't just have the one. They went for the double. <laughs> I loved it. This is slowly but surely becoming one of my favorite aspects of these A24 casts is trying yeah. to find the characters that don't <laughs> quite fit in the movie, but they're there anyways. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't for St. Maud, it was the, the girl, right? The other nurse yeah. that she was friends with or whatever. Yeah. So you're like, oh, poor girl. You just shouldn't have been there. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> shouldn't have been there. Uh, uh, I think my favorite so far uh, was the dude with the pimp coat in, uh, in that Western movie, Slow West. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The dude in the pimp <laughs> coat might be my favorite. What the fuck type character Mine's still Alien. Oh, yeah. Alien was the shit. <laughs> well, Alien's, no, Alien's not one of those. Because I think a rule of these characters is that they can't be one of the central characters of the movie. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Alien is Spring Breakers. You can't have that movie without that motherfucker. True, true. Uh, no, but Green, Green Knight was really interesting in what it set out to do. Uh, and I think... I have a note down here at the end. I think my favorite part about it is it doesn't remind me of any medieval thing I've ever seen. Like it doesn't feel like they pulled from anything particular. They remade their own world. In Which that is time. wild because this is like an almost exact, I mean, their translation of a Middle Eastern, a Middle Eastern, a medieval uh, epic poem. It just feels so fresh. Yeah, well, and then that's the thing. Like, I'm just going to throw this out there. I still don't think we have gotten, like, the King Arthur movie yet. No, and I know, I, I know this was supposed to be a King Arthur movie, but I didn't read it that way. Well, I think that's the brilliance of it, is that it doesn't lead on King Arthur. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's in the background. I actually... You get it. I actually think that that the use of King Arthur in here is like astoundingly mature and unique for for a movie set in, in, in King Arthur's mythology. Yeah, really, really interesting choices. Yeah. Before we get into this, uh, Vanilla Bear, what I'm going to guess nothing at all. But do you know anything about the epic poem? Uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. I have heard the name, never read it. Yeah, this I know is it one exists. Of, <laughs> one of the more popular uh, stories of King Arthur um, and, and his knights at the round table centering on Gawain, who is Arthur's either nephew or sometimes stepbrother uh, or sometimes son-in-law depending on which translations and which okay. stories you want to follow. Uh, the interesting thing about uh, this one with the Green Knight is that it was actually written about 400 years or so uh, after most of the uh, King Arthur tales were put to paper, right? Uh, most King yeah. Arthur stuff uh, comes from these these translated uh, tomes 
called the uh, Historia Brit Britonum, something like that, which is Britain's history of kings, which tra which uh, traces the king's lineage back to about four to six hundred uh, CE, where it's determined that this mythic Arthur character, who exemplifies everything a good king should be, uh, is created in hopes to inspire future kings to be as just as what we want them to be. Now, before we get into the full discussion of this movie, I want it to be apparent that these stories of King Arthur and his knights are often based around these knights proving themselves to be what they need to be to be part of this round table, right? Right, yeah. So I want you to remember as we're talking about this movie and its plot points that there are five uh, characteristics that a knight should have in order to be the best person that they could be, to, to have that seat at the 19th, right? Okay. These five characteristics are friendship, generosity, chastity, courtesy, and piety. All right. And we're going to go through this movie and see how Sir Gawain labels each and every one of these characteristics and sees if he passed the test to be a true knight i mean there's one very obvious one he doesn't so that's an interesting thing already well i think you're getting the hint at what i'm going to be getting yeah, yeah. In this film then yeah yeah all right yep i'm with you it's already it's already circling <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah. so this movie the green knight uh written and directed by david lowry uh, this is a movie made for a measly $15 million budget. Do this more Hollywood, please. Like, yeah. At any time, I was like, this movie could have turned into a CGI fuck fest. <laughs> no, and no, you're so right. Like, it always tamed itself down. Yeah. Uh, which helped. It made It made the aesthetic they were shooting for work. Well, because of that, there's just so much like practical stuff going on. And whenever you can see the practicality of something, that adds so much more weight to it. That's why I always yeah. say that like miniatures are so much better than CGI because whenever you blow up a miniature, you're blowing up something. Right. There's something flying. And there's a <laughs> That's kinetic <pretty> cool. <laughs> energy that you just can't get with a simulation. Yeah, and that's, you know, like when we talked about Renfield that time, that was the one of the very rare cases we were like, no, fake blood fits what they were doing. Like, this works here. But in a medieval setting, they didn't have, they didn't do that. Fake blood wasn't a thing. <laughs> you either died or you didn't. And that was, you know, it was an if or and. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and this movie uh, came out, what are the rare ones that we have here that doesn't have multiple release dates? How about it? For yeah. them, yeah. Oh, my God. There's a mess. They're always <laughs> uh, a mess. 
July 30th, 2021 is when this movie came out. Uh, when your WWE champion was uh, the almighty Bobby Lashley and your AEW World Heavyweight Champion was the best bout machine, the cleaner Mr. Kenny Omega. Woo! Uh, and overall, I just got to admit, you know, this is my movie pick. And I legit only wanted to see this movie because I wanted to see it. There's no, so you hadn't seen it yet either? I had not seen it. Oh, see, I thought you did. Okay. Yeah, no, this was a movie that I hadn't seen that I remember that I remembered seeing previews for that I remember thinking, oh man, that looks really, really cool. And then just never saw it. So and see, I watched the trailer and I was like, that looks boring <laughs> back at <in> the time. <laughs> like it just was not something I was interested in at all. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But I also never watched like the final trailer, which I did end up watching. I'm like, oh, now that would have sold me. Like they had some stuff in it that was not, it was still cryptic enough after seeing the movie that I was like, all right, and that might have gotten me. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, now, this movie uh, director, Mr. Lowry, uh, he says that he's been planning on making this movie for a long time. Uh, Basically saying that some of his favorite movies whenever he was a kid were fantasy movies, uh, including our favorite movie, Willow. <laughs> yeah, good time. Uh, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In the 1981 medieval ep uh, epic Excalibur, uh, he would play with his little toys in the backyard and make up these fantastical tales. Apparently this guy was just like obsessed with king arthur and and his knights growing up and that's just a obsession that sometimes never goes away and i love it whenever i find out that a director has always been obsessed with the subjects that they're taking on it well because you know there's heart put into it right it's not a paycheck right yeah so it, it it's already a good start <laughs> yeah it's it's a labor of love that i think really comes through um i think it is important to mention that even though king arthur's uh tales do take place uh as i said before between like six and uh, uh seventh century or or i should say uh a third and seventh century uh, BCE or, 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 or CE uh, this movie's weaponry and stuff actually fits more along the time of the 14th century that this story Sorgawin and the green knight was uh, originally written. So that's what I was saying with my first comment, like they, they definitely veered off the path and made their own thing. Well, yes and no. Like it, it is, yeah. it is based off of it's song. Sir Godwin and the Green Knight is set in you know six hundred CE, but yeah. this movie is set in the fourteenth century when that story was written. Right. Right. you know so yeah. yes and no to that like but you, you know what i mean though like you can just tell that some of these things are out of place 
well, we're going to get into that majorly uh, going forward because there is, you know, the, the, the grand meat and potatoes of this story is an original tale. There's so right. much of this that just doesn't happen in, uh, in the Green Knight's original telling, uh, which is just perfect because I think that it it really lends itself uh, into into the story really, really well. I will uh, go through <clears throat> as we're as we're going through it and just kind of talk about uh, what is and isn't from the poem. And I think you're gonna find that a lot of this a, a lot of the stuff in this is not from the poem. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's one of those two that every time you were introduced to a character, it was always interesting. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed it. We'll get into more of the technical pieces of it as we go specific to the parts, but, um, well, and, and then like, even, even more so than that, my friend, it was like, Every time a new character would show up, I'd be like, oh, my God, that's that guy. Yeah, it was like a constant being. I love that for a 24 movies do not only do they always have at least one character that wandered in from another movie, but that character is always played by an actor that you didn't expect to see in the movie. Yeah, it's people that it, it's always people for me. That I'm like, I know that face. I don't know from where, but I know they're good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, you got to take they out quite made real it yet. quick to check the IMDB to make sure yeah. that that's who that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Always enjoyable. Um, um, I will throw out before we get into it, I love Alicia Vikander. Oh, in pretty much God. anything. Like I first, she is. She just has this thing about her that I really enjoy while she's on screen. So yeah, I mean, she's just like I mean, she's a twenty four's girl at this point. I don't know how much she's done with a twenty four. Well, uh, at least this, and she was also, uh, she was she was the cyborg girl. She's ex machina. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So she's. They know her, yeah. A terrific, and absolute smoke show. If I if I can get hey. a little, uh, if I get a little misogynistic yeah. for a moment, absolutely. Don't sleep on her Tomb Raider, man. Yeah, absolutely. They should have made another one. <laughs> I okay. I'm sure. I'll. I think I'll still pass on that. It was good. I liked it. <laughs> good. Good. I'm yeah. glad you liked it. You seem to be yes. the only person that enjoyed that movie. Good. Uh, shall we get into it? Yep, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, once more, as as Vanilla Bear mentioned earlier, if you yourself want a movie, one of your favorite or hated movies, to get the two bears treatment, just send it in to Forest Film Club at uh, twenty two at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you there. Uh, please do. So. This Green Knight tale begins, as all great tales do, on Christmas Day. This is an exceptional Christmas day as, you know, there's Christmas. 
Does that has everybody always gotten off work for Christmas? I think so. I mean, I imagine so because it's a religious holiday and religion was what ruled the world at one point. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we get this creepy voiceover. Uh, 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 I I labeled it as a weird sister. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, obviously a Macbeth reference there. Um, yeah she's kind of like singing the, the she's kind of like spitting bars right like she's going hard on, yeah. on, on the beat right now just yeah. straight laying down facts and speaking the way that omens are often spo- uh, spoken to about that time uh that things rise and things fall and that's just the way that time goes sometimes right yep and so this special christmas morning uh, Gawain is awoken in a brothel. This is a whorehouse he has woken up in. Um, so you know it's going to be a m- more mature movie. Yeah, I was right absolutely front. not sure. Once again, dude, I remembered seeing the, the trailers being like, that looks interesting. Uh, yeah. But I remembered nothing that was in those trailers. So I had, but you could see him getting silly with it. Really? They get silly with it. No, I'm saying like, I could, I could see, Oh, but I watched the trailer after. Okay. I didn't watch it before. You know how we roll. Yeah. Um, So, but like when the movie started, I almost thought they were going to go maybe a more comedic route. That's an A24 thing to do. So I was like, all right, that's cool. Like a funny drama type thing, but they they had funny parts, but it wasn't like that. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. I thought, I thought this, I thought that that he would like show up late to to the yeah. round table, and King Arthur would have like a a quippy thing to say, right? No, uh, but I'm really happy that it, that it stays in this medieval. Uh, like seriousness yeah you know it it really it it never one time takes you out of the time period that it wants you to think it is and i should say that this movie does not have any actual dates in it i'm only basing the idea that it takes place in the 14th century based off of their weapons and their armor that so the reason i mentioned the whole like creating their own little timeline universe is because of that at no point it tells you when and why they are which is absolutely amazing genius everybody (laughs) knows that i love timelines but even more so than that i love the absence of a timeline in a movie like this well you do get one right you get a year you get one year and that's perfect yeah, that's all they need to tell you. You're at this place and you're there for a year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the story is going to pick up right before the year is up so we can see the last few days of this. So yep. Gowen goes in from his whorehouse to King Arthur, who seems chill as fuck. Right? This dude seems yeah. cool. I yeah. love that we get the older King Arthur. So often we get like this young, vital King Arthur, but this King Arthur is like sickly and homely. He looks detrauded 
and like he's about to keel over at any moment, which is telling me that the age of chivalry is slowly dying. The yeah. knights themselves are like becoming more and more polluted with the wickedness of mankind, that his age of night is slowly coming to an end, and that once he dies, those kind of knights are going to be no more because nobody's going to keep them in check like King Arthur does. What do you think of that? I I enjoyed it. I didn't have any complaints. Uh, I... <laughs> I think one of my when favorite they were things talking, is getting so deep into something and then cutting to you and just being like, "Yeah, it was good." <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's I like the way our brains work. When we're watching things, the difference. Yeah. Um, no, I, I thought it was really interesting from that standpoint. For one, for what you said, right? Uh, but also his queen, which we don't know some of his her abilities quite yet. Uh, or maybe it's not her ability and it's the Green Knight's ability. I don't, we'll talk about that. I have a question on that. Uh, yeah. But sure. you could see that she was invested in the conversation they were having. Like she was aware of how the king felt about him, about what the next steps were going to be, uh, their conversation about how kind of he regrets not getting to know him well enough was Which very powerful. Way interesting conversation there. It's super powerful. Uh, and I guess to your point a little, like a little bit ago, if he is that young version, right. Then you have to have a young version of Arthur. Right. And that, that this movie's different. If you do that, you can't have those mature topics covered the same way. Yeah. You can't have a go, a, a go in who's, who's in his mid to late twenties and an Arthur that's at that same age. Yeah, it just, just it can't. wouldn't have. Yeah, so I think the age, the ages, and things like that. I think it works really well for the story, and it definitely set a precedence in that room. Like we talk about with all these medieval things, a lot happens in rooms that needs to be intriguing. It has to be. Yeah, or the movie stuck. doesn't work. We're stuck in this area with these people, like yeah, it has for like to, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say this: this opening of this movie was riveting to me. Oh yeah, dude. I have I have just small notes of the the music as they're. Oh, by the way, any time you were expected, like there was a shift in the storytelling style, they changed the music. I loved it. This guy, the the musician that took over the scoring is this is Daniel Hart, who hasn't done many film scores. Uh, his most recent one, I believe, was the new Peter Pan movie. Okay, Peter Pan and Wendy. Mm -hmm. uh, but he goes hard in this. It's so good. Like he the, goes the, hard in this. The music as they're getting to the castle entrance and them shooting straight up the wall to just just to show how mighty this town is supposed to be yeah um yeah. really then, really solid <laughs> and then going into that into the spot and seeing the round table this is a legendary yeah. table that 
I think everybody has a different image of in their head because there is no real round table. Um, yeah. See, I imagine it kind of like, um, so there's a, a, a part in Final Fantasy 16 yeah. where they all get together and it's literally just a round table and it's a reference to this. It's of all course. leaders yeah. getting this around why, it, right? Yeah, the round table is why the Justice League has a round table, right? Right. Like, like but it's in the middle of where the common people eat. They oh, just kick cool. everybody out. They kicked everybody out. And I'm like, that even before I saw that, that is always how I envisioned it because I just did. Yeah. Like I didn't think that they'd have the resources to have an entire throne room right full of just a round table for eight people to like that's a waste of resources and then that's interesting (laughs) because like it kind of shows how successful this king arthur has been like let's say that is true that means that he's gone on enough expeditions and conquered enough and has accumulated enough land that now he can have a throne room that has a round table probably always hasn't been this way right you start there's a reason Wait, everybody in this movie talks about the greatness of King Arthur. We'll get to it later, but like, yeah, I love having a movie where a human character in it is treated like a legend. Yep. Right. And they don't ever stop that though. Right. That yes. Every, it feels like every character is a legend in themselves along this story good reason too because they are because they actually drop us in once more i can't talk about how much i love this they drop us in at the ass end of the arthurian legend yeah so everyone's established a lot has already found the holy grail yep you know like yeah like what else can you do above that to be better Right, (laughs) there's not much. Introduce the Green Knight. (laughs) While they're at this, I love this conversation that uh Arthur has with his nephew saying, I don't know you, tell me a tale about yourself. But the nephew's like, Going, this is like, I'm a fucking idiot, like, I have nothing to do with anything. Uh, (laughs) While at that same time, his mother is listening. Now, did you catch who his mother is? No. So they do not name her in this, but I believe that it's supposed to be Morgan Lafay. Do you know oh, who Morgan oh, Lafay? I I I have an idea which character it is, but no, I guess my point was they never actually named. Yeah, right. I think this is clearly supposed to be Morgan Lafay, who in Arthurian legend is like his arch nemesis. It's his sister who is envious of his fame and notoriety. So instead of becoming chivalrous and honest, she becomes a sorceress and a witch and goes off of deceit and mistrust to gain what she wants. Right. Yep. She's like the original boss girl character. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, it makes sense with kind of how he acts throughout the movie. Yeah, and it also then makes sense that she would send a test for her own son to prove himself in front of her brother. Yeah. Because something about King Arthur also is that King Arthur never never uh, has any offspring. Didn't know that. That's news to me, yeah. Yes, I believe he only uh, ever bequeaths his throne uh, 
to his nephews in, in the stories. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, Those are some lucky ducks. I'm willing to be wrong about that. <laughs> I'm working off a very shaky knowledge of King Arthur. These are stories that I, I really liked while we were in college, uh, but I haven't read yeah. them in a long time and I haven't studied them in a long time. But I believe that that is true. He he doesn't, or if he does have kids, they're they're killed in battle. So he never is able okay. to leave his throne to his offspring. And so gotcha. Morgan, his sister, thus thinks that it is then her kids that should have that mantle, which by law of, of kings, that is how that goes, right? Yeah. Makes sense. And so she wants to prove that her son is willing to take on all challenges so i believe she creates this green knight that comes in and bursts in through this uh christmas morning feast a morning feast that uh gawain doesn't even want to be at by the way <laughs> no that's true uh you just said something else that i think defines what an a24 movie is though it leaves wiggle room for you to put your own thoughts on something. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, there's nothing in this that says she creates the Green Knight. I didn't even think about that. But the fact yeah. that you did means that there's wiggle room there for someone to think that. Yes. And, what's, and, and let's go back to what I said at the beginning of this movie conversation of the five things that make a knight. The one one of those things is piety, being honest to your religion. He doesn't want to go to Christmas, dude. Yeah. Toss that one out. He has four <laughs> tests left. Yep. So we have the Green Knight that comes in. Uh, Green Knight is a prosthetics and practical effects masterpiece. This dude looks so cool. Uh, I read that they actually put him on platforms on his shoes to make him physically taller than everybody else. So they didn't have to do anything with CGI to, to show him in his physical uh, impactfulness. Love it. Right. Yeah. Uh, he comes in. He has a note which uh, possesses the queen, uh, Guinevere, by the way, the queen's Guinevere. Um, the magic system in this movie is so cool. Yeah, love it. <laughs> and it just kind of happens out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's like happening. <laughs> classic medieval magic shit right there. Yeah. Right. Uh, what do you yeah. think of the note possessing Queen Guinevere while she's reading it? Oh, I loved it. That was the part that got me like really into what was going on. And then did you notice the uh how the light behind her coming in through the window turned green yeah, as it was possessed you mean the classic a24 color tones throughout this entire movie god dude <laughs> is it in the contract <laughs> and they like it writes to like you need these are the seven colors of light you're allowed to use <laughs> and it's That's not like green neon night. green it's like lime chili green <laughs> you know like a very like specific shade bright puke <laughs> green yeah <laughs> now hysterical this is the uh this is the classic 
uh, Green Knight problem where he comes in, he challenges any one of King Arthur's men to strike him one time, and in one year's time, they will seek him out at his Green Chapel where they will uh, meet an exchange of blows, right? Whatever is done to the Green Knight in this instance will be done to the person who attacked him. Yep. He makes it very easy by professing his neck, which uh, King Arthur's nephew takes and decapitates him in one swift blow with Excalibur. Uh, afterwards, so this is on him, right? Oh yeah, there's nothing he just in this contract. He could have cut his hand off, like <laughs> he didn't even no. dude, He literally didn't even need to do that. He could have just he could have just given him a tiny little paper cut. Yep. Right. <laughs> yep. All on him. But it's understandable that Gawain like wants to prove himself. Yeah, exactly. You know, and his strength and his and his ability. But then the Green Knight stands back up and grabs his own head. <laughs> this, th- dude, this shot, this is one of the coolest close-ups in an A24 movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I also loved is there's a moment whenever his axe, he comes in with this giant green axe uh, mm-hmm. that lays across the ground after his head's decapitated. And immediately, as soon as it's touching the ground, the vegetation around the axe starts growing. Yeah. And With the blood that was the moment blood. where he should have been like, oh, I really fucked up. I probably oh, yeah. shouldn't have tried to kill this man. No, poor decisions. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense for the time. And he reminds him, dude, you got one year. Yep, six yeah. days. Six days travel. Yeah, and, and then you're mine. Uh, small thing in the original story, this uh, battle uh, at the round table where he cuts off the head uh, actually takes place on New Year's Eve. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it changes the story much. No, I think it's actually more apropos to put it at Christmas Eve because it's also Tale of Resurrection. Yeah, yeah. You know, not only for... Yep. The Green Knight, but like a resurrection of knighthood itself in, in Gawain, right? Yeah. 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 So he's like, great. And everybody thinks this is the greatest story ever told. And they have these little puppet men that are yeah. going around entertaining kids and chopping each other's heads off. And oh, it's so good. Love it so much. Uh, uh, so in, in a year's the, time, a year minus six days, uh, after another brief meeting with uh, Arthur, Gawain decides that he will go off and and complete his contract. To the unhappiness of his girlfriend, who is yeah. not his girlfriend, but is his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, the, she's a whore. We all know she's yeah, there's a yeah, funny yeah. moment, I thought, whenever he was like, where she says, You could make me your lady, and he says, And what give you money? And she says, I have all your money. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was I wrote funny. that down at the end. I, I really enjoyed that scene. It was a good scene. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have it quote. written down right here that Essel is way too good for this nerd. Um, and then also during the brief scenes we see with Essel and then separately 
what we see with Arthur, we actually see a clear difference in dialogue used. Like King Arthur's speech is a lot more proper. There's a lot more these, yes. thous, forthwith, you know? Whereas, I noticed that with all of the characters. Whereas Essel and anyone who's like low status has a speech that mirrors a lot more of our speech. They don't yeah. use a lot of a lot of fluff, uh, fluffy medieval language, unlike the knights and King Arthur that we see. Also, a quick thing that I wanted to point out while we were in the round table, I love how the round table uh, is a mirror in and of itself of Arthur's crown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They both complete a perfect uh, a, a half circle, and I thought that was really, really cool. Yep. Right. Uh, but he's off. It's five days to the north, with which is not enough direction. Well, hold on. Before before we get to that, let's go. Uh, remember how I how I was saying like they make all these moments feel like a legend. Yeah. Uh, he kind of cuts from. King Arthur saying, is it wrong to want greatness for you to him? Because uh, that was super powerful because he calls yeah. him in and has that conversation. Yeah. Um, super like the dialogue, super impactful throughout. Uh, but it's it really sets the stage when they're giving him his new armor. Like they re really ham it up. They really make, you know, like, yeah, this is going to be a legendary outfit that he's about to go on. It, and where it feels like a sped up like clash of the titans the original one where um perseus wakes up one day and he has all oh. of these gifts given to him by the gods and it's perseus being like oh okay like this is going to be a lot harder than what i think it is yeah and, like same thing here arthur's like i've gone on my adventures i've gone on my journeys i've achieved my glory Mm -hmm. And now you're going to be tested. And so here's, yeah. and, and all I can do is give you this armor to help. And this armor yeah. isn't even like going to protect you from what you really need protected from. Right. Uh, and I really enjoyed all of the title cards as the chapter. Oh, you know, I love title cards. Yeah. Like that. And it was always, they were always kind of in the environment. So it was interesting to look at to begin with. Uh, but the fonts they used were always so fun. And the titles of the sections, which I didn't write down specifically. I wish uh, I did, but by but like they the were good. One, by the fourth one, I was like, damn, I should have written all these down because I love them. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're kind of written in the classic like manuscripts yeah. that you, you see on like History Channel whenever they're going over old books and shit. I always loved stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so with his new yep. armor, he heads off and he is taking that axe with him. Uh, he does need to return it to the Green Knight. It is a huge axe, a uh, big, shiny metal axe. It looks sweet. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> like awesome. Badass axe. <laughs> I'm, and also everything about this movie looks awesome. This movie's art direction is yeah. insane. Yep. Uh, first thing he does is stumble across a battlefield where he meets... My fucking boy. Yeah, I loved him. <laughs> he was awesome. Dude, the moment, because he, he comes That's up. That's A24 character shot. one. 
Yeah. Yes, dude. Yes. Random character coming. He yeah. comes in like off screen from another movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Thousand percent. Um, fucking love Barry Kogan. Let's get Barry Kogan in everything because I think he is such a fucking great actor. Uh, well, the second he started talking, his character, I was like, oh, he's going to be a total douche. Oh, I already know it. <laughs> yeah, because he comes in uh, in this battlefield, and the first thing he starts talking about is how he has two brothers that are dead in this battlefield, and that he'd be dead, too, if his mother didn't prevent him from running off to battle. Yeah. <laughs> And once again, we keep on talking about the legend of King Arthur, how this movie takes place during the latter days of Arthur's regency. Uh, yep. This boy, the sca- the only thing that they label him as is the scavenger. Yeah. But the scavenger himself says that King Arthur single-handedly slew 960 men. a big number big number come on king <laughs> you can't add another 40 yeah come on round it out like the 94 meetings episode of the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah. dude uh, <laughs> dude i so i think it might be my quote of the movie when he says to is it suck suck them in and stick them tight or something like yeah. that because <laughs> right right after that he has the balls to be like uh are you gonna give me anything for helping you out here and he, and he goes uh he goes oh, how exactly to say oh my thanks yeah he, he asked for a reward yeah he asked him for a reward for uh, uh putting him in the direction of a stream which will take him straight north which he just believes <laughs> I mean, I mean, Patrick, he was but, just told by this yeah. guy that his brothers were both dead. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I get why he believed him. But yeah, it almost felt like a Don Quixote thing for me where like what will go wrong can go wrong. Oh, for 100%. a lot of this movie. And, and I, I enjoyed and, it. <laughs> and I will again remember there are four traits of a night left. We've taken out piety. Now. We must take out generosity. Yep. Because he must be begged to give this poor kid a reward. And who knows if he gave that kid more than one silver coin, they may not have robbed him later on. No, but then we also wouldn't have gotten that really awesome scene of just a lady knight standing at the top of the hill. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. You're like... (laughs) dummy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he goes in he gets attacked by the scavenger's mates uh i love how the scavenger is like i'll go and complete this fucking quest who gives a shit oh yeah (laughs) this is also important because when he first meets uh gawain the boy says ah sir kindly knight and gawain never corrects him nope he accepts that he's a knight from this kid. And then later on, he's like, no, 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 no. You said I was a knight. Yeah. I simply never corrected you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which I was like, that is such a clever way of being full of shit. Yeah. You know, that's some, that's some fucking gaslighting if I ever saw it. 
Oh yeah. You know, uh, but his uh the scavenger's mood changes in this like 10 to 15 minutes is solid. His ability to manipulate an area and a group of people is oh, so dude. high. <laughs> dude, I've said it before and I'll keep on saying it. Barry Cogan is one of the actors of our age right now. Uh, he, he's not in enough for me to get there, but I can I, I can see it from this. Small I don't role. even know if he is for me either, but I see it. I yeah. Every role that I see him in, I'm like, he's got it. He's fucking got it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and, and he, I don't think he's had that role yet. No, but clearly anytime he's in a movie, I think he's amazing in it. it no matter like, how small his role is. Even the, like the lines he said that were super villainous. I believed he would kill him. Oh, yes. right then and there. Like I, I was sold. And even uh, more so, dude, I even believe that he would run off and let this dude on his own as like a as like a mental torture thing like that and the girls he just left the girls behind yep fuck <laughs> he it just peaced out fuck I it was like okay bye you know so they now have his axe this uh this green girdle that uh that uh Gawain's mother gave to him leaves the horse takes the horse yep and leaves going tied up, who who's able to scrounge around, roll to his uh, sword, and cut himself free. I, I love how this doesn't do what every other fucking movie does with a scene like this, where they're able to just, like, position themselves perfectly to cleanly cut through the rope. Like, yeah. Gawain fucks himself up doing this. Oh, yeah. You uh, know? I, I love well, that. Well, so, that was... One this like particular scene uh kind of blew me away. And there were multiple in this movie that I had to rewind and rewatch to figure out exactly what they did to make the visuals work. Yeah. But when he's laying there and the camera starts to turn, I was like, all right, we're just gonna like cut to the future. But no, no, we didn't cut to the future. We cut we cut to a fake future, which could have happened, but in a way that as it's going from bright colors, it's got like sounds of birds and it's super cheery, right? And as it turns closer and closer to his death, it's just silence. There's no sound. And then it does the exact same in reverse. And that really caught me off guard. Yeah. The intelligence to do something like that. And yeah, absolutely. Tell you how to feel visually. Yeah. Really good work. And then and then it, it cuts to a skeleton being tied up exactly like he's yeah. tied up, letting you know that this is a real threat. Like this is yeah. a, a real, like this is the future if he doesn't act. Yep. Right. And so he frees himself and he finds his way to a uh, cottage where He's he uh, is woken by a young woman named Winifred, and my notes just say, "Leave this place ASAP." <laughs> well, so this is the part that actually clued me in on how he he was using sound and audio, oh, because yeah. it kind of starts. He starts walking through the woods and gets close. And you hear the music kind of get creepy. Like, is this going to be a 
a horror movie what is this movie trying to do to me this movie has <laughs> horror elements in it for sure oh yeah uh um, and then when he gets to the stairs i was completely sold i was like all right i got it now we're we're at least getting a section of weird yeah when <laughs> you know we love we love a section yeah yeah we don't know what it is yeah and of course you know a woman comes in and you're like oh it's a ghost okay, is winifred from this movie yeah, I think so. I, I think, think she's so. part of, I think she's a myth from this universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, Patrick, she is not. No? No, she is not oh. a King Arthur character at all. Very well done. Winifred uh, is a very real uh, martyr who has been canonized in Wales. She is in fact a saint. Okay. Right. And Saint Winifred was a woman who at a young age was betrothed to her suitor, a, a man named Caradon. And yeah. Caradon uh, uh, wants her uh, to bed with her. She's apparently super beautiful at a really young age. But feels the love of christ and thus wants to become a nun oh gotcha this okay. upsets uh, a character so bad that he decapitates her and throws her head into a river nearby which according to some legends now has healing properties man the twist in her story was probably my favorite little side quest of his uh because she's like i want you to help me i need your help I'm like all right like well sure. i love it whenever one of my favorite moments in this movie which i also thought was a great little moment of levity was when gawain clearly doesn't think that she's real yeah yeah <laughs> and so he like goes to touch her <laughs> And she just says, she says, why are you trying to touch me? A knight would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> so he stops. Yeah, he just listens. Yeah. And then later um, on, uh, she tells him that she's been decapitated, that a man tried to rape her, uh, which once again is kind of true to the story. There are various versions where he did rape her before chopping off her head. And given the time frame, that would have happened a lot happening i mean we're talking about the full hundred percent rape oh god yeah 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 um, uh, i have a <laughs> i have a joke about that <laughs> are you gonna say it not now? this particular one no no okay, okay oh where is it i'm gonna have to find it keep going <laughs> um and so she asked him to jump into this pool nearby to retrieve her head at the bottom of the pool, uh, where our man Gowen asks, what would it be his reward for doing such a thing? And her response is maybe my favorite response in the whole movie, where she just says, why would you ask that of me? Why would you ever ask that? Yeah. And I was like, fucking, fucking perfect. It was solid. You know? <laughs> And yep. remember, Patrick, we have three things left that makes a night. Yeah. And when he asks 
for a reward. Well, we got to throw courtesy out the door, baby. Oh, no. Yeah. You're not just diving into that water for the sake of doing so it. So we have five qualities of a night. Friendship, generosity, chastity, courtesy, piety. We have thrown out generosity, courtesy, and piety. This particular one, though, likes to make you think he learned the lesson. Yeah, I think this is whenever he starts, like, really becoming a knight, personally. Yeah, because he places the head properly. And the magic, another magic moment, all of a sudden he goes back in the house and her bones are laying in the bed he was just in. Yes. Incredible. Yes. And, <laughs> it was like, and, and his axe. Yeah. Both. So somehow they got her his axe back for him. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I, I, I guess I understand whenever people say that they don't like that kind of shit in movies, but I fucking love it. What? Just like things just happening. Well, in a magical story like this, where it's yeah, like it makes sense. already kind of can't tell what's real and what's not real, what's myth and what's legend. Yeah. Like, it just breathes more myth and legend into this story. It may, it really makes it feel like uh, something that I would read from the 1300s. Well, I think that's his, like, I read it like that. I think you would have as well. Like, that's the universe's repayment of him figuring it out that yeah. he's not doing the right things and he finally helps her puts her head there and then oh oh and i think and i think i we do can, good things things come back <laughs> well, and i think that we even see this even more because what's the next thing he do, does but like gets a fox pet like a fox friend yeah uh, right? i was gonna ask you that is that her soul i think so that's what I went with. And I was like, okay, yeah. now we're talking about reincarnation. Yeah. Awesome. Like, also resurrection, also very Christmassy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Uh, I love the fox friend. Uh, he also eats some like vegetation at this point while he's going to bed, which makes me Mushrooms. believe that the giants he sees the next morning are not real. Oh, God, no. Yeah. I think he's literally tripping balls. It happens a few times. Like, even when he di- he dives in the pond, he gets a little weird about it. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to throw this out. I-, I really enjoy this movie, but it does commit a cardinal movie sin to me. Hmm. And that cardinal movie sin is people being able to see perfectly underwater. Yeah. Yep. Cardinal hey, movie listen, I will Don't take do that. It. I will take that over Disney thinking the water in Indiana Jones looked good when they just did Avatar the year before. They couldn't have done a little bit of work. They, just saying, yeah. put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> but they had to make the but they had to make the de aging look good, Patrick. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there's what, dude. There's one singular scene in that movie where I was like that de-aging actually looks great and then it never looks good again nope (laughs) (laughs) nope (laughs) that's all i'm saying just like we're good um the one like nitpick i had throughout this movie is i do think sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i think sometimes it sticks to the shot too long well i think that this movie i think this movie lingers a bit yeah yeah and it you know just I don't Small want to, example is him leaving 
initially. Like him yeah. walking on a horse takes way too long to move on from. Yeah. I don't want to call it boring because I really don't believe that it's boring. No. There are times in this movie where I'm like, okay, we can like move on now. We can continue on with the journey and yeah, not be so encompassed here. Yep. Right. There's just slight moments that are less interesting than the really interesting stuff. Yep. Uh, and now he finds his way to a castle where we meet a lord and his wife, who is played by the same actress who's playing Essel, which is amazing. Yeah. Because now he's seeing like what his love can become. Yep. Right. This. If he accepted her, yeah. Super horny. <laughs> super horny woman. Okay, so <laughs> it's, this is where I wrote <laughs> four out of ten. <laughs> four out of ten <laughs> it was very similar to my midsummer review first of like, all we all wanted know it. that midsummer is a 10 out of 10 okay that is not true he it wanted it is the a whole 10 movie. out of 10 the whole movie you're wrong but me this, and this Noah woman both agree that it's a 10 out of 10 r you're wrong <laughs> At least in this case, she has to talk him into it. So it's a four out of ten. This is a four out of ten. Yeah. This you is know, a four out of ten. But I, I liked that. He's like, not drugged in this like he. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This whole castle sequence is amazing. Oh, so good. I will say one more thing. The time. outfits are amazing. <laughs> that. Uh, this is so far a lot of what we've seen, you know, Winifred, the scavenger, right? They're not parts of the actual story of uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. This is this is like the meat and potatoes of that poem. Uh, In the poem, do they look the same? Uh, no, he doesn't have the the whore back home in the poem. Okay, all right, got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they and the same deal is set up. You know, we have the lord of the castle who goes out hunting f- to provide Gawain food, who then must give who who Gawain then must give him uh, what he receives uh, while staying at, at at the castle. Yeah. Uh, during this time, in the original story, all he ever receives are various times of kisses whenever the lady is trying to seduce him. And Gawain then goes back and like without even explaining where these things are coming from, he just starts <laughs> kissing the Lord, which is very <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, I, I was like, what is going on? Yeah. So he is my other implant character. Sure. He might be part of the lore, but like the way they made his character, he's so ridiculous. He reminds me so much of like uh he's like he's like uh uh what's his name? The big Lebowski, except if yeah. he lived in medieval England. Yeah. Like, this uh, dude just loves having a party. He loves having a good time. He loves hosting. Like, he's just a good dude. There, There's something else, too, that 
uh, we kind of skipped over, uh, but it's not that far back. Before the four out of 10 happens, they have a conversation all in the same room. Yeah. And she Which goes off incredible. about how she, dude, it, there's something about the movies they choose because at some point, a side character or not the major character is going to have a speech that kind of sets everything in place. Yeah. And then it not only sets everything in place, but also like allows you to see an aerial view of the chessboard that's been set up. Right. So when she starts, I was like, obviously I was paying really good attention, but I started hearing her saying things like, well, you know, green is basically an evil color and blah, blah, blah. And this and that, and like going on about what she, how she felt about the color. I'm like, what is she talking about? And then she goes into, you know, red is this blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, I, okay. We're in metaphor land now. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? You just don't like green. It's like an X when she's like, I don't like blonde. You're like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of set the stage for me on that because yes he learned from the previous experience with the bones and this and that but i think this is the spot where he's like oh okay i need to fix things i can't be the person i am anymore because even she sees it and she's not a great person because she keeps wanting to sleep with me (laughs) yeah well her husband's out hunting yeah like if he's like okay if you're a bad person and you can say those things I clearly have stuff to work on. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. It's the, she's the morality system at that point. Yeah. And she keeps on like doing amazing bits of like temptation to, to, to go in who is so close to passing this test. He's so close to passing this test. There's even a point whenever he asks her about like these jewels that she has and she's like oh yeah i sleep in them i only sleep in them (laughs) they're the only thing i wear hint hint you want to see me sleep naked with these things and he's like yeah yeah." (laughs) you know (laughs) he's like (laughs) you know oh my god she looks so hot oh yeah He's a good looking lad. He's so pretty. She's so beautiful and <laughs> such a good actress. She's so talented. It's unfair. Yeah. And he caught the fox. We met, yeah, we left so that out. Finally, the day the comes when the Lord's out hunting once more. And she comes by with one last gift. It, appear, it appears that she is also a witch of some kind because she has yep. constructed some sort of, of girdle that she says will protect him from any and all harm. And at this point in the movie, you're like, well, I'm inclined to believe you. Yep. That sounds right to me. Why wouldn't it? (laughs) Sounds right to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We're rolling with it Uh, because honestly, the next part blew my mind. I did not expect this box to talk. Well, so hold on, we 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 got to get through this real quick because I think it, this scene's okay. hilarious. Okay. Because she's like tempting him with it. She's like, "Do you want it?" He's like, "Yes, I want it." And it's like, is he talking oh, about the yeah. girdle 
or her strange. (laughs) Yeah, no. Oh, you're, yeah, you're back to that part. Yeah, no, for sure. She's, (laughs) she's like, I have a prize, but you need to give me my prize first. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you this. Is she jacking him off or is he jacking off to her? I think she's doing it. I think he's doing it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think he's doing sure. it because. Well, because, so my question I wrote down was, did it even happen? Oh no, it happened for sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think so as well, but like, I think it gave you room enough where you can wonder yeah. if he imagined it. Well, no the way they yeah, shot it because he has the girdle whenever he goes to see the green Knight. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so this happened. Um, no, I, well, no, that's what I'm saying. That's how you know it did. But I think the way they wrote it, it almost for a beginning of it makes you think. But if, I'll tell you, you this. Know. I could understand that if we don't actually see the cum all over his hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. But since we see the cum in that scene, it happens. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, what's more, this is four out of the five he fucking fails at, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cassidy out the window. My out. man's horny. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not be? Uh, uh, Come on. Can't I, give him, I give him a pass on that one. Yeah. We'll <laughs> give it back to him. We'll yeah. give him one pass. Give it back to him. <laughs> He's back at two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he takes off, and the Lord knows that some... I, I have a feeling that the Lord and his wife just love doing this to people. Yeah. Oh, that's a game. Everything's right? like, a game in this movie. They just love fucking with people like that. <laughs> He's like, here, I'm going to give you a big old smooch too. Right. And once again, in, in the in the story, this does happen, but like, it comes out of nowhere. It's He's so really... comedic about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think it's why it works so well. Yeah, so he kisses Godwin and Godwin is like, listen, dude, I got to get out of here. <laughs> So he busts through. Um, I will also say that Goblin's a little too trusting of people because whenever yeah. he shows up at this castle, this guy's like, you're like right by the Green Chapel. It's just a short walk up the road. If I was Goblin, I'd be like, okay, take me there now and then I'll determine if I want to stay. Yeah, no. It, yeah, that, that was kind of my point with the scavenger. Like yeah, he was just right. very quick. He didn't really question anything. Yeah. Um, because yeah, he had an idea of what it was supposed to look like. And Scavenger did not have an idea of what he thought this chapel was. He was totally making shit up. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Yeah, that, that was one thing with his character. I think they like I feel like he could have been a tiny bit smarter. Well, and I think this is like the... But that's why I like, went with Don Quixote. This is like exemplifying how he's not a knight yet, right? Like he hasn't yeah. gotten his like sense of adventure. Yeah, exactly. So there's a reason for it. Yeah. Um, I, but with I everything it else, it seems off. Yeah, like an actual knight wouldn't fall for this shit. No, no. Right. <laughs> uh, and now no. we get to your part where he gets to the stream which apparently is the stream that leads right to this chapel where the fox fucking talks. 
was like, what? Okay. <laughs> and what it says is super, I don't know the right word for it because the whole time I think it's that woman soul, but then she says, why don't you come home with me? And I'm like, wait a minute. Does she want him to go back to the house and die with her? I'm so confused. <laughs> or is this a different person? No, I think that it, it's like saying like, if you go forward, you're going to die. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. All right. It was just a really ominous line and I enjoyed it. And finally, this is the failing of the final test. Mm-hmm. The test of friendship as he denies his fox friend uh, and, and thus goes in to meet his maker. So he has failed all five tests of a night. Yeah. Right. And we are shown yep. this in the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a really important note here to tell you. Go. Before we continue. At this point in the movie, I was on like big fish levels of entertainment. Really? Yes. Because every 15 minutes, 20 minutes, something new and interesting was going on. A sure. new interesting side character, a new plot line that was super intriguing. Uh, the environments were always changing, even though they were really similar. They were always vamping it up just a little bit more. Uh, really, and it had that myth, that myth to it, right? Just like Big Fish did, of like I don't know how that magic worked, but, but I'm it good with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's yeah. magic. <laughs> yeah, That's what I know like, about it. <laughs> For like the couple of things we've been talking about, it makes it on our old scale one point less than a big fish for me as a total. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's very high up there for me as far as the A24 movies we've seen or general movies as a whole. Yeah. It was all very shocking. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. For the record, yeah. I don't think this is anywhere near big fish level, though I am thoroughly entertained by this and I, and I did have a great time. Yeah. Uh, this is for me at least. I'll tell and I'll tell you why. It, and 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 it wouldn't have fit in this type of movie or story. Um, but this movie could have used a, a bit more levity. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, see I what understand you're saying. that. I understand that it doesn't. That this story doesn't call for it. Yeah. But it, it needed a little bit more humor for it to have. I think that's what I liked about it. I think it had so enough serious. in there for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Glad. Yeah. yeah, this actually seems to be a rare, like, antiquity movie that you enjoyed a little bit more than me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we finally get to it. I love that Gowen actually has to stay there like an entire day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just sit around and wait. Yeah, for, for the Green Knight to awaken on Christmas Day, one year later, he has his girdle on. Uh, does this girdle actually represent self-preservation in the face of danger? I mean... Because as he has it on, he keeps on telling the Green Knight to stop, to not swing, and then he eventually runs away. Yeah. 
<laughs> making it back to King Arthur, uh, going on more adventures, eventually impregnating Essel, and then fucking leaving her in the gutter. <laughs> Unbelievable that he did that, dog. That This is what I'm saying. Like, everything up to that one point got me to think that, and then the rest of this movie happened, and I was like, this dude is a piece of shit. <laughs> And I'm here for all of it. <laughs> oh, she he, gets uh, so mad when he sees her in the crowd. Oh, her face. Good. She would kill him in a second. Fuck it. Stare if looks could kill. Oh, you know? yeah. She's and, so good at it. <laughs> uh, lives, a, lives the life, life of a nobleman, eventually becomes king. Marries a, a noble woman, has another has another child, a daughter to her, but eventually goes on war where his son gets killed in battle. And even while his son's dying, he refuses to give his son this magical girdle that should protect him from all danger. Oh, yeah. Just not <laughs> happening. And then it goes on even further, showing that the castle is now being invaded upon and that they're all about to fucking die. Not only does his wife and daughter abandon him, but so does Morgan Le Fay. And now everything that King Arthur has worked for here at, 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 um, at, at Camelot is coming crashing down to the ground. And he sits there confident because he has this girdle on and then he takes it off and his head falls down because he's been decapitated this whole time. <laughs> Except none of that's real. Yep. <laughs> that is all in his head. Oh, yeah. As it cuts back to, and I wrote that down. I was like, I was like, I have it right here. He said, Gawit is tripping again right now, ain't he? <laughs> oh, God. It, it, it happens a few times. And I, that's where, like, that's why I did the part with him in the bed with uh, the wife is one of those things. Where I was like, wait, is this actually happening? Because it just feels like something he does on a regular basis where he just kind of goes off on a little mental tangent. Yeah. And hangs like, about for like a bit. The- it's like the medieval version of JD from Scrubs. Yeah, it was very much like that. Right. Yeah. Um, also, there's a crazy moment whenever King Arthur dies that his body becomes a force ghost. I don't remember that. His his body it just like, disappears, dude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It just like fades yeah. away like he's a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. You're like, right. Which I was like, sick. Yeah, yeah that's a good way to go. <laughs> yeah, fucking cool. Um, and, uh, now, I, and this is kind of, you get your like final line, right? The line that is the whole point of the whole movie. Which is? When he says, my brave knight, now off with your head. No, 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 no. You're wrong about that. You have missed the two important lines in this movie. Was it right before that? The whole little speech. Beginning of the movie, one of his very first lines, whenever uh, his girl Essel is trying to get him to get up to go to the Christmas Day feast, mm-hmm. he he tells her, I'm not ready yet. Don't make me go. I'm not ready. And now, with the Green Knight, his final words in the movie are, 
I am ready now. Now I am ready. Yeah. Those are the important lines of this movie, Vanilla Bear. Those That's true, are, yeah. are what this whole movie's about. Right. It's yeah, it's up to this point that Gawain is not ready to become a knight because he doesn't understand. I know I gave out those five things that a knight does. Yeah. But there's one more thing, one unwritten rule of knighthood that nobody seems to think or talk about. And that's the idea of sacrifice. Yeah. And then a knight must sacrifice himself for what he must believe in and what he believes others should believe in. And now he does away with his cowardice, does away with his dishonesty, and does away with his uncertainty by taking off the girdle. And that's when he says, now I am ready because he is officially ready to accept his own consequences. At which point, the Green Knight calls him a knight. Calls him uh, a yes. knight. Yep. Then touches his cheek. And then did you notice what the Green Knight does? Probably. I don't remember now, though, to be honest. So you did it because this is huge. Okay. He takes a singular finger and runs it across the throat of Gawain. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what he says. Now off with your head. Yep. Right. Yep. Cut to black. What's that? What What happened there? What do you mean? Cut to black. Tell me. Tell me your interpretation of what happens after these credits roll. Oh, like if he actually cut off his head? Yeah. What happens? Oh God, I don't know. Well, think about it, dude. That's what we're doing this podcast for, is so we can discuss these things. (laughs) I didn't really think about it, to be honest. I kind of... Well, why not? That's, like, the whole point of this. Like, (laughs) I mean, I imagine he cuts his head off, because that's the deal. But That's what he says, right? And that's why that that was the whole thing, Like, I don't think the knight would go back on the game. Yeah, yeah. See, Unless like, the mother sets it up that way, but that's totally theory. See, and that's why I think that it's so important that, that you missed that across the neck with his finger. No, I saw that. I don't think you did. For like, No, I definitely was, did. You may now have seen you it, but you don't see that for what it is, Patrick. Sure. That's him returning the blow. That's the Green Knight I, returning the blow. Don't yes, you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the 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 contract being complete. Okay. And now he's saying, "Now, off with your head," as in go away with your head, as in you can keep your head, but go off from here. Okay. I didn't think of it that deeply. No. No, you didn't think about any of this movie that deeply. <laughs> What? That's not true. It appears. That's not true. No, that is. I just didn't pick up. I I didn't really equate it that deeply at the end there. Because to me, like the game was still the game. So. And this is where. And this is where I. I this is where I do cheat a little bit because I I, 
am a fan of King Arthur's Legends. Yeah. And I will say this. I was pretty nervous this whole time before, uh, for this ending because uh, <laughs> I was so fucking nervous that they were going to do what the poem does. Okay. Which is amazing. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, God, I feel like you're going to hate this so bad. Okay. So, in the poem, he goes to meet the Green Knight, Gertelon, right? Yeah. And he flinches twice, but on the third time, he does not flinch. He accepts that this is what's going to happen. He never takes off the girdle. Okay. Okay. He never, like, is like, aha, I'm ready for this, right? <laughs> yeah. He leaves it on, and the Green Knight swings his axe. Where he cuts Gawain's neck, but it's just like a little bit, just like a little bit of blood uh, okay. falls down from Gawain's neck. And <laughs> he's like, what the fuck's this? Where the Green Knight removes his mask and he is none other than the Lord of the castle. What? Lord of what castle? The one that he was just at. The one that made out with him. What? Yeah. I'm so confused. Yeah. How does that even happen? So, so this was all. So, so the 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 poem kind of implies that this guy has been like questioning the chivalrous and the knighthood of King Arthur's knights. Yeah. Right. And so creates this elaborate test to test the the word and the chivalrous of the knights. And so has his wife, who is an enchantress, uh-huh. allow him to be enchanted to have his head cut off one time so he can put it back on, make this challenge, and then just to see if any of the knights of the round table would come back for their comeuppance and face down death. So he's the green knight? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that dude <clears throat> who made out with him is the green knight in, in the poem. Huh. I, I like the... And then he's I, like, and then he's like, uh, uh, well, you're honest that you came through and you would have died because this fucking sash means nothing. It's nothing. This isn't even magic. <laughs> it won't protect you from anything. <laughs> so your own stupidity gave you the braveness to come by and get cut on the neck. Yeah, it's like a Ron Weasley situation. Oh yeah, it's big. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I I don't know. I I tend to enjoy the slowly built up villain that's not actually in the story more than that idea probably would have. Well, no, he's still like it's the reveal, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like it's it's the yeah. exact same thing. But just imagine now after he says, "Now off with your head." He takes yeah. off the helmet and it's that guy. Yeah, okay. Like that's the way that the story kind of I, goes. I you know what? 
I wouldn't have been surprised if they did it because it felt like he was more important to the story than he ended up being. It seems like a the way weird. he spoke. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he always seemed to be around every couple, every, every like a major conversation was happening. He would just kind of be around. He wouldn't be part of it. Yeah. But yeah, I could yeah, see so how they, he, they could have done that. So, so Gawain then like keeps the, the green, the sash that he was given as like a symbol of failure and that you like you aren't defined by your failures is the like message right the whole the whole thing is about how you shouldn't be defined by your failures and that you can rise after failing a task all right yeah yeah okay i can work with it i like the i like what they gave you more I tend to like ambiguous endings like that that you can. I like, fucking about, hate though. the ending of the Green Knight, the story. Like, like the, oh yeah, like the poem. Yeah, 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 yeah. The poem, I fucking hate it. That yeah. was another reason why I kind of wanted to see this was if uh, was like if the ending of this would piss me off like the ending of that story does. I'm now I'm surprised they didn't do that because the guy that. I don't know his name, but the guy that was him, uh, Joel uh, Edgerton, like I've seen him in things. He's like, we talked about, he's one of those guys that you're like, he's good in things. I just never go out of my way to watch something he's in. So I'm interested in why they didn't do it that way. No, I mean, uh, they were right. They made the right choice. But definitely made the right choice. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't look up like any interviews with the director of like why yeah. he changed the ending to the way that he did. Um, though he does say that even though that's his view of the ending, that the green knight, like the the touch across the neck is the green knight giving back the comeuppance, even though you didn't see that that way. Neither does Dev Petal, uh, Sir Gawain, in this movie. He thinks that he gets decapitated once credits roll. Yeah. So I always appreciate a movie that not only has different interpretations from its audience, but I love it that this director and its lead actor don't like really even see eye to eye as to what happens once the credits roll. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Huh. All interesting stuff. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a super, it's a super fun movie to talk about because there's, it's just loaded with symbolism that could mean so many yeah. things to different viewers. Yeah. Um, so, I thought that the scavenger would come back at some point. Same dude. Um, Maybe slight missed opportunity there. Well, my thing, I'm wondering if it's one of those things where maybe he got there and he clearly was not a knight. Right. I You're don't not see like, but we don't see a know, body or anything. So I, I don't no. think it's that. I'll tell you what I think, what I thought would happen. Here's what I thought would happen. I mm. thought, well, out on uh, the, like one of the hunting trips, the Lord of the castle would catch him like scavenging around and bring him to Gawain as like, you know, look at this freak that I found stealing my crops. And Gawain would have to like convince the Lord to let him go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I thought 
especially when back around yeah. yeah especially whenever he was like whenever he said every day i'll bring you something for my hunting i was like oh one of these times it's going to be a person it's fair enough it's going to be a man yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a small boy um <laughs> <laughs> uh, any last notes um the ending of this movie really made me feel uh, the whole like him getting away and like eventually leading King Arthur only for him to come back. That did remind me of an occurrence of, on Owl Creek Bridge. Oh, uh, and the last temptation of Christ. I see you have no. making faces at me. <laughs> the first one, I have no idea what you're talking about. At all. Um, an occurrence <laughs> at Owl Creek Bridge is actually an Academy Award winning episode of the Twilight Zone. Okay, gotcha. Uh, okay. Where a man is getting hanged during the Civil War, but as he's getting hanged, the rope breaks. And so he falls into the river uh, below him, makes his way uh, to his house, but the entire time there, he like is coughing a lot and he like starts developing a rash on his chest and shit. Okay. And so he makes it home back to his wife. But as he's like about to touch his wife after surviving this horrible ordeal and traveling these many days back to his wife, uh, it cuts back to the rope going going tight. And that was all his like last memories as he's gotcha. actually being hanged. Okay, gotcha. Right? Yeah. And this movie also reminds me of a... So, you know, these stories, I always say that like stories like these, the original Green uh, Gowan and the Green Knight, written by an anonymous source, by the way. Uh, was, I feel like a lot of stories like this don't really have oh, names yeah. attached. Yeah, to it's them. actually yeah, it's... more weird that we know Homer's name uh, for the Iliad and the Odyssey, even though a lot yeah. of people do believe that Homer was just the ancient Greek word for storyteller. Right. You know, yeah. but this right here. This story also reminds me of a uh, ancient Roman general during the first Punic War that got captured by his enemies and then sent back to Rome to uh, to like they want us to surrender here are their terms and once rome said no that general actually went back to the enemies because he gave his word that he would come back even though he had no reason to he said huh? he said a, a, you know a man of of honor maintains yeah. that honor regardless of deposition where he would eventually be tortured and killed by his enemies and he knew that would happen they said you have to come back so we could kill you i mean just in general, I think this movie does a good job of weaving a lot of that feeling into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, overall, like the whole medieval medieval feeling of it keeps you engrossed in what's happening. Yeah. Even for like, I even like, like we talked about some parts go really long. Uh, I have a note, I forget exactly who he was staring at in the scene, but it, I think it might have been the wife but I just wrote creepy staring contest. They just like, the camera just kept going back and forth between them. I'm like, all right, got it. They're just staring. I got it. <laughs> Let's go move along. Yeah, I get it. She's off. Like... Yeah, yeah. 
and she apparently thinks he is. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't think of anything else on my side that I really need to bring up. I mean, yeah, it just it just other... very well at having a a human story in the middle of this like fantastical world. I, I love movies and TV shows and anything that is that has fantasy in it, but the story isn't overtaken by the fantasy. Right, exactly. It, like the fact like, that they a, keep the magic ambiguous helps. Yeah, and like and at its core, this is a very human story that overall is simply about how you got to be honest and keep your word and keep promises no matter how hard it is to keep that promise. Yeah. Yep. Thousand percent. He went, he only went to have his head cut off because he said he would. Yep. Right. Yeah, and I like those kinds of things. Yeah, you there know, was it's... no consequences for him not going. No, he could have been fine. Right? <laughs> yeah. This... She tried to convince him not to. Yeah. His little his little whore back home. And he depending tried, on tried. your interpretation of the ending, she's right. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. Before we answer questions, as is tradition, how can the Cubs out there help us, Seabear? Cubs and Cubettes, the best way that you can help us is by getting your friends and family involved. Uh, tell them that we are reviewing fun movies, different movies that other podcasts might not review, and that we will, in fact, review any movie that you send us our way. And that's so easy to send one our way. All you have to do is put it to... I almost said the wrong one. It's been so long, but I almost said the wrong one. <laughs> All you have to do is send it to forestfilmclub22 at gmail.com. Uh, send it on over. We, we will ship it straight to the top of the viewing list. Uh, I we know you're out there. I hope that you loved our covering of Bahubali 1 and 2. That's right. We did a duo for that guy. Oh, good. And ended up being maybe one of my favorite things we've ever reviewed on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That second and one was a masterpiece. Literally some of the most, <laughs> some of the most engaged I've ever been in a movie. Yep. Ever. Yep. And you can also help us out by following us on the Twitter um, at force film club, definitely on there. And of course, please go on whatever you're listening to go on there Give us a great review, uh, uh, five stars, and and then just a little comment that would really help us out with with in that algorithm getting people to listen to us. So whenever people see the pixelated two bears, the vanilla and chocolate bear on the on their uh, podcast app, they know that it's a good show. They know that they'll be entertained. They know that that we'll give them a a very long winded but succinct. A movie breakdown of whatever we're watching and i'll usually say at least one dumb opinion so it's worth listening yeah and i'll get pissed opinion. off at something that's yeah should not that should not bother me <laughs> even a little bit but i'll still scream about it yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have our we have we know our roles in this game yeah <laughs> all right questions baby 
boom here we go let's do it vanilla bear in this movie this is a should we switch it up this time because this movie takes place a lot in the woods this movie takes place a lot in the woods so here's what i'm gonna say in this movie okay who would you want to see take over a sports car in a death race Okay. They're already in the woods, dude. Yeah, no, you're right. You They're also the driving woods? naked. Yeah. Um <laughs> with just a magical sash on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I drive with just, it. I'd ride on the back of the car with spray paint, just got sashed. Yeah. <laughs> um you got sashed. I would want the version of was it Els? What's her name? Ella? Essel. Essel. Um, I would want the version of Essel at the end that got left behind. Oh, dude! Because she would go on a freaking rampage like um, the one with Woody Harrelson that we watched. Torturous. Oh, dude, she'd be so good. Torturous. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm going with the scavenger. I think he's the clear answer here because he's just a madman yeah. that would fuck everybody's day up. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, there's no yeah. stopping him at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Vanilla Bear in this movie, who would you want to see fight a grizzly bear one on one? Uh I will say that they get one sword to fight with. Uh, yeah, for the times. Yeah. That adds up. And you can't um, pick King Arthur because he would clearly body that horse. Yeah, he or that killed 960- bear. <laughs> bear, yeah. He, I mean, he killed 960 people. 960 single-handedly. Yeah, he could handle a bear. What a uh, Oh, man. Unbelievable. This one's, a fun, this one's a fun one in this case, but I don't know who I would pick. Yeah, right? Because it's like, oh. do we pick the Green Knight? Who clearly has domain over over the forest? Do we pick the hunter who seems to like a challenge? Mm. See, I was I was gonna lean toward the hunter. Uh, the also, kind of with the hopes that like maybe he gets stuck in the woods for a while and he probably gets into some weird tryst with some random person he runs into because <laughs> that's he something he like, would do. He meets like Robin Hood out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. You know, I'd want a little story for him. I think he'd get a little arc there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, um, Gawain's mother. Yeah, I okay. see if her magic could like do anything. Or I almost was... chose her, so that's yeah. a good choice. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm happy. To yeah, her. I was. Con- I couldn't figure out like how I'd want the story to go though, so I was like, yeah, it's important. <laughs> and finally, I feel like there are two really obvious answers with this last question uh, in this movie. Who would you replace with David Batista? Scavenger. Obviously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He could do that. Though I already use the scavenger, so I can't use him. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say he's one of the giants. Yeah. Dude, I I did not get too deep into that, by the way, but the imagery 
of the chorus of like giant singing. Oh yeah. Holy crap. Amazing. <laughs> My God. Dude. And then whatever the, <laughs> by the way, people, I know that we talk about these movies for a long time, but we often leave out, I think on purpose, sometimes like incredible moments like that. We have to, you can't. Because like we, we still, if you're listening to this before watching the movie, we still want you to be like in awe of some of the moments that a movie can produce. This is one of those. And if we bring them up, we tend not to get too like, we don't get too descriptive of it. We kind of just throw it out there. Yeah. um, We we know what we're talking about. We can't really, first of all, like you can't really put art like that into words because it's so stunning. When Patrick nope. says uh-huh. that it's an incredible scene, it's truly a, a marvelous moment in this movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think we, we crushed it, man. Uh, yeah. As a far quick, as... So, quick question. Uh, uh, would you be interested in this guy adapting other King Arthur legends? Or would you think that this is better as a one-off? I think this is good as a one-off. I thought about that because uh, he does kind of leave it open. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But I, I like kind of where it went. I like what it tried to do. Uh, I, I'm happy with what he made here. I think I'd love to see him take other things. Uh, like, honestly, I know I'm not a huge fan of them, um, but like the I'd love to see him do something like a Monty Python. Oh, and have a really good time with that. Yes, yeah. Um, because I think, given the little bits of humor he did have, he could do something like that for a modern audience. I hear that one of this guy's best movies. Maybe we should throw this into the list at some point. Um, is this movie called The Old Man and the Gun? Okay. It's a 2018, 93 minutes, super easy. And it has uh, Casey Affleck, Robert Redford, Danny Glover in it. So, so you're saying it's all good actors. Got I'm it. I'm saying it's all good actors. <laughs> and with this guy, I, I, uh, this movie yeah. alone gives me big thumbs up for, for this guy as a director. Yeah. So yep. um, I really feel like if we're going to do another one from him, that's the one that, that we should do. Yeah. Um, I'd be down. I think that I agree with you that I do not uh, want another King Arthur movie from him, but I would mm-hmm. think that if we're going to reboot Robin Hood. Oh God. Yeah. This is the guy. Yes. And I think you make Carrie Ewis, the evil King. Get the fuck out. Bring it back. around. Get out. Bring it back around, baby. Get out, dude. <laughs> Nailed it. What a moment. <laughs> Did I just blow your mind? Holy <laughs> shit, dude. Ah! You really just fucked me up. He'd be so good. You know yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Vanilla Bear, thank you so much uh, for being here with me. You literally just exploded my brain hole with that yeah. one statement there. And I thank you for it because now I will not be complete in life until I see that. Oh, he, he, it'd be great. Oh, God. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, over there has been the Vanilla Bear Patrick. Thanks for enjoying the movie with me. Appreciate it. Oh, yes. 
Uh, if you don't know, you should know. This has been the Chocolate Bear Mundo. This has been our discussion on the Green Knight here on the Forest Film Club. And of course, as always, have you got one this time? I don't. Yeah, this was a hard one. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is a hard one. This is a hard one. Uh I think I'm just going to go with something easy right now. So that way, uh, hashtag Gwentista. <laughs> Sounds good.